Welcome in. This is your betting preview for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, hello and happy Tuesday to you. Yeah, man. Uh, it is, I guess I'm kind of settling down back now in, in LA. I've been doing a bunch of traveling. I know you've been on the road yourself, but we're kind of settling into a really, really nice stretch of golf right now. Yeah, it's Pebble, Phoenix, Riv uh honda then i think it's like api players so outside of like honda which no offense to the honda it's just probably not going to get a great field and it's going to be i mean it's a hard golf course and all that but like this is this is probably my favorite stretch and then it'll be the masters before you know it right yeah i was just about to say what are we within gosh what is masters week april 10th or something like that april first weekend in april yeah two months and two weeks or something like that two months and 10 days Do you feel like you have a clear sense right now of like who is who should be the master's favorite? No. Do you but feel we're like Rom and Rory have kind of emerged as the two best players? Yeah, that's that's I think they're very clearly in a tier of their own right now. I mean, you can Me look too. at the stats like, you know, their last eight starts individually are just like insane but um we're gonna get a lot of guys playing into like this is where it really starts like the stretch that we're talking about where guys are gonna go to phoenix and it's gonna be stacked and riv and it's gonna be stacked and we're gonna get bay hill and we're gonna get the players and we're gonna get all that before the masters like we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot in the next handful of weeks agreed maybe not from this tournament no. specifically just to segue us a little bit <laughs> but um but yeah in general totally agree this is my favorite stretch as well yeah, there's kind of a couple of spots with this stretch where there are generally like natural resting spots for a lot of these guys. This ends up being one of them. Honda ends up being one of them. You throw in the Pro-Am and you don't get a super strong field. But the top of it's pretty interesting, Andy. This is uh, the grid via the homies over at Odds Checker where we can shop all the lines and, and make sure we have the best lines available. Uh, there's kind of a big three here. It's Jordan Spieth, mm-hmm. 11-1. to 1, Matt Fitzpatrick, 11-1. to 1, Victor Hovland, 12-1. to 1. Obviously, Spieth has the great history around this place. Matt Fitzpatrick might just be the best of these three. And then Victor um, kind of tweaked the schedule a little bit. Didn't play in Dubai. Didn't play mm-hmm. at Torrey. Opted for here. Obviously, won the U.S. Amateur uh, at Pebble Beach in 2018. So at least some some decent vibes. But that mm-hmm. that's the three at the top of the board. Yeah, you know, on first glance, I was kind of looking at this and I was like, man, why did Hovland choose to play Pebble Beach over Torrey Pines, this driver-heavy course where he's going to have a long iron in his hands all the time? But you look at the history, Rick, not only did he win the 2018 USM, but I was at that 2019 US Open at Pebble Beach. That's right. Not only was he low amateur, he gained like 13 strokes ball striking and almost led the entire US Open field as an amateur in tee to green. He hit the ball well enough to win the US Open as an amateur. He ended up losing like four strokes putting or something like that. So um, clearly good vibes. And for me, I am not betting one of those guys at the top. I just think that there's too much variance involved in this type of tournament, but Victor would be my favorite if I was, uh, the let's get a temperature check on Matt Fitzpatrick, who I think is probably just like the best player in the field. And he does it in a way, Andy, that's super well-rounded. And that's always something that when you, when you've got like a three course rotation, I kind of like that, right? You know, it's one thing to have one course and your strengths and weaknesses, but these guys are going to play around at three different golf courses before a 54-hole cut. The the well-rounded nature of Matt Fitzpatrick makes him feel a little bit safer than some of these other guys. 
Yeah, I mean, and he's got good history here, too. I remember betting him last year. He finished sixth. He was right, kind of in the mix. My biggest concern with Fitzpatrick as it stacks up to kind of the other elites is that you're right. He is very well-rounded, but if we are nitpicking one part of his game, he just hasn't been great at generating a ton of scoring opportunities for himself inside 150 yards, which I believe is so essential on this course. Like this is a course. I think it just looking at the weather as we stand here on Tuesday morning, Pacific time, like I'm not seeing a ton. It's going to be a little chilly um, as it always is this time of year. But I think that you're probably going to have to get to 18, 19, 20 under this week. And I don't know if I have as much faith in Fitzpatrick getting there as I do a speed or Hovland. Oops. Lost, lost your audio. That's such a rookie move. I put my, I put myself on <laughs> mute to drink my coffee, to be a good boy. And then I forgot to, I forgot. <laughs> uh, the next tier has a defending champion in it. Tom Hoagie, 22 to one Mav McNeely. Obviously we know the connections to Pebble beach, 20 to one. Jameis is here was like five clear through 36 last year, 25 to one Andrew Putnam, 28. That's kind of the second tier of golfers. Is there a name to be clicked? I mean, I may not be the best barometer of this because I think I'm betting like 10 guys over 70 to one this week, but in that range, like I think there are a couple really strong options. I mean, the number on Hoagie is a little short for me, but like, the reason that I was on Hoagie last year was because he was the best wedge player in the field and the best at generating scoring opportunities for himself inside 150 yards. That hasn't changed. He's yeah. still the best wedge player in the field. Right. And if, if that formula worked out so well for us last year, like what, what reason to change it up? Yeah. I don't generally get in the habit of being like, Oh yeah, this guy's definitely going to successfully defend his title and all that stuff. But you're like, nothing has like, he's, he's better now than he was last year when he won this thing. He still has this unreal ceiling where he can snap off and gain 10 strokes on approach. Like he did at the tournament of champions. And you add like one or two strokes with the putter and you're in business. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at that next tier. Like, I don't mind Seamus. Seamus plays well on short golf courses. Uh, I probably won't get to McNeely because everybody's just betting the crap out of him. And if he wins, I won't even be even on McNeely. Like, I don't know how I can pull the trigger on it. So, like, I, I, yeah, I might, I might just see if Hoagie can run it back to back. Yeah. The only thing with Hoagie that's changed is the investment that we would have to make on him, right? Sure. Like last year, I got him. Whew, I believe he won this tournament at 60 to one last year. I was going to say think. 70. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, so definitely something in that range. You know, I think now there were some lingering. What does that say? Is that a 27 or a 22? 22. 22 yeah. is the longest available on Hoagie right now. As short as 19 in some places. Right. I think there were some lingering 25s and maybe some 28s on Monday morning. But yeah, I think with Hoagie, like my buy price on him here would have been 25 and up. And I just I know it's a matter of not much in the grand scheme of things, but it just feels a little too high for me to get my money. If you can shop some of these uh, in the next tier, Justin Rose, as short as 29, as long as 40, 
looking through the grid for a couple of other ones. Actually, the Seamus Power number was as short as eight, uh, short as sixteen, as long as twenty-five. Yeah. So as we get into the forties and fifties here, Andy, these are your your Joel Damon's, your Denny McCarthy's, uh, Alex Smalley, Thomas Dietrich. Like, what are the chances that we can get one of these guys to actually win the golf tournament? Like, I like Dietrich. Like Dietrich finishing inside the top ten wouldn't surprise me at all. Dietrich winning yeah. it, I'm not sure about. Yeah, I bet Dietrich to win it at 48 to 1. So I have similar concerns, but it 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 just feels like a talent play to me at, you know, not you're you're not really buying him at his highest point. You're not really buying him at his lowest point. I think 48 to 1 is a is a pretty good number to eat right now on a player that I believe is pretty supremely talented and in in my opinion, one of the 10 best players in the field. Um but yeah, I, I would just to highlight again what you said, shop around this week. I mean, go look at a guy like Taylor Moore, who I bet at 70 to one. He's 33 to one at some places, right? There's just so yeah. much variance with the Bucks this week because this middle range, it's really easy to have certain opinions on guys that maybe other places don't, right? Like if you're a Davis Riley guy, then, you know, you might be able to find some numbers on Davis Riley. If you're really high on Will Gordon's talent, other places may not be as high on Will Gordon's talent. So for me, like it was just a bunch of my guys this week, like Gordon, Shelton, Sig, Moore, Dietrich, like just we're playing the hits and we're running it back. My friend, I'll, I'll get to Shelton. Um, as long as 90 is short as 70, he's, yeah. Not very long off the tee. That's not going to hurt him here. We've seen him pop a couple. He's got like two top tens in his last four starts. This feels like a play. I mean, we've seen what we've seen Ted Potter Jr. win here. We've seen Nick Taylor win here. It is certainly not like as any three course rotation goes, you're going to get some pretty volatile results and some randomness. Like we are absolutely in this range. Like the range that I'm scrolling through right now, Joseph Bramlett, a hundred to one, like would not be surprised at all if one of these guys won the golf tournament. Yeah, me neither. And that's why even with the trend of so many top of the board um, players hitting, I still feel comfortable in this event, sticking with the normal strategy that worked for me at this event last year, which is again, like I'm going to seek to find value on a tournament that has a lot of variance based on poa putting and the fact that it's going to three courses and weather and, and, and all of those things that make you squeamish about betting a guy like Victor Hovland at 11 to one in a 156 man field. Right. So I, I do think that this is a week where you can keep that same strategy and kind of hunt for guys. Oh, well, North of a hundred, I guess as well. Yeah. What's the longest, like who's the longest guy you'd bet here? He goes, he goes one twenty five. Yeah. I, I think the longest on my current card is SIG at a hundred. Okay. Um, but like I have, I think I have six guys between 50 and a hundred. So I don't think you need to go like dumpster diving here. I'm definitely not placing an outright wager on any of these names that you're scrolling. <laughs> that I'm, scrolling. Through, right? I'm in the 500. Somewhat aimlessly. Yeah, you're just <laughs> yeah. kind of like, it seems therapeutic to you. So I wasn't going to yeah. stop it. Yeah, I liked um, it. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any need to place outright wagers on, you know, Kevin Roy or Harrison Endicott this week. All right. So to put a bow on it, you're kind of living in that uh, longer, you know, triple digits are just, just in front of it for a larger than usual card is what it sounds like. Yeah. 50 to 100, 50 to 100 this week. Play your guys, uh, play your guys. Okay. Now that's 
the outright market, the matchup market, obviously a little bit different. So I've got the bro throw numbers up here and they've got a, a ton of options. Um, you know, I see Dietrich in a couple of matchups, one against Denny McCarthy. I see him against Andrew Putnam. Um, how do we deal? Like, I think Maverick McNeely is really interesting, right? We kind of glossed over him in like the outright market, betting him at 20 or 22 to one. I'm not particularly interested in that. Um, playing right. him in one and done where he's going to be super popular or in DFS again, where he's probably going to be super popular. Again, not, not sure if that's my route. Is is this the better way to get access to somebody like that who you're you're not necessarily playing the game theory side of things as much as you would be in another format? Yeah, I think so. I think this is one of the events like so this is the first week that we don't have football um right. in 19 weeks, right? So you're going to get a lot more money into the marketplace this week, whether it be through betting or DFS of football guys that are, you know, just starting to check out golf for the first time as well. So what usually happens on weeks like those from a DFS perspective, sometimes it creates a little bit of groupthink, right? So I wouldn't be shocked if you see a couple names that are like very obvious choices whether that be Maverick McNeely, whether it be Ben Griffin, whether it be Matthew Neesmith, right? Like these guys that are going to check a lot of boxes, obviously for everyone, for anyone who's running a model this week. Um, so I do think that this matchup market is kind of like a good way to get down on some of the guys. And if you're looking at our ownership over on Rick run good and seeing like 15, 20%, I would, uh, I would lead you in this direction as well. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some really deep matchups here on Bro Throw as well. They're sickos for putting Maddie Schmidt and Maddie Schwab in a matchup together. The two yeah. guys that are like most <laughs> confused. That is absolutely sick that they went and did that. <laughs> what so direction's nice. Andy W going on that one? Yeah, yeah. I'll just yeah, those, yeah, exactly. those are the guys that always. I mean, can you can you pick either of those guys out of a lineup? Uh, no. Yeah, I I couldn't pick them out of a lineup uh, like. If they just, if both of them stood in front of me and said, which one's which, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. And I'm pretty good. I'm bad with names, good with faces. Like I can, like faces come back to me pretty quickly. Um, the Schmid Schmidt or Schwab Schmid thing. Yeah. I hope one of them either just like emerges as awesome and different. Some of these guys need nicknames too, man. Uh, I used to always get, uh, Chris Stroud and someone else confused. I can't remember who it is, but it took well, me like a, a year to get through that. Yeah, there's a Harris English one that everyone mixes up, right? Hudson, Hudson Swafford because they look so Harris much alike. Yeah. yeah, and they're both like Georgia guys. Yeah, so uh, um, we have a group on Bro Throw. So this is just where you bet against each other. You don't have to pay the house juice. Uh, we're up to four, like four thirty, because I just admitted those six people. So if you want to join that. It'd be great. There's a link in the description. Uh, I think it's just brothrow.com slash Rick. It's private. I'll I'll have to accept you when you get in there, but then we can bet on uh, Schmid and Schwab together mm -hmm. and not know what the outcome is going to be. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about props, and we need to talk about one-and-done selections <laughs> for this week, which I'm very excited about. And then, But first, we're going to just hear a quick word about Andy's podcast. 
Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, we're back. The props market. I got to start beating up these prize picks guys to get these out a little bit earlier because they are not out yet. Uh, so I back to kind of our general strategy here. And I think this worked. This actually worked pretty well for the American Express where, uh, you know, three different golf courses, the scoring averages are going to be something to keep an eye on yeah. as we as we go through this, because I think the 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 nature of this is going to be that um prize picks is going to move a little bit slower than we are in trying to figure out the um the differences here right and one thing to keep in mind about this event just in general as well um really wide landing areas off the tee yeah. right so that is just one specific thing about this course that you can say okay the first thing i'm going to look for is if the fairways look a little bit lower than they should be because this is one of the easiest courses to hit fairways on in the PGA tour. Also, you'll see a lot of guys, you like, you don't have to hit driver, right? No. So a lot, a lot of these guys are clubbing down. They're much more accurate off the tee. I, I, that was a mental check mark for me too, is like when these come out, the fairway numbers are one, like I'm going to be clicking that first. Oh, a hundred. You don't need to, have you ever played Pebble rec? No. Okay. No. You got to get out exactly. there, but yeah, you don't, it, it is not a course. And Spyglass is similar as well. I mean, Spyglass, I think, is a little bit more driver heavy. It's a little bit more receptive to like a bomb and gouge approach. But neither of the neither of those courses require driver at all. So that's kind of why you see such a high accuracy percentage, because you combine the fact that the fairways are awfully wide to begin with, with the fact that some of the shorter par fours on Pebble are forced layups anyway. Right. So you have these right. wide fairways where you can't even hit driver. Yeah. Uh, go get ready for these props to drop on prize picks. The code is Rick. There's a link in the description. You can get signed up and get your deposit match so that when these do drop, you're ready to rock. And they've got obviously every other, they have like league of legends and everything else that's going on here. So, uh, go get set up and get ready to rock and roll. Rock and roll. Andy is exactly what I did to you last week in the one and done. Uh, I had someone named Max Homa. And you had someone named Will Zalatoris. Would you like me to refresh you on how those two did last week? I, I just, it feels like one of those seasons where just right off the bat, like nothing has gone right. And I don't need, know if I need like an extra, I was talking about this with Cam Davis the other day where I was like, Oof. man, I've never been more wrong on a guy for like a three week stretch in like my sports betting career. Like I just, I don't know what happened. I, I look at, I look at the numbers. I look at my picks and I just, I don't know what happens. And that, that kind of feels like the theme of my one and done season this year. So it's still early. We're not in panic mode at all. Like, I mean, I'm not even thinking about this gap really until we get into the first major, you know, my goal is to just tighten the gap heading into the masters. But um, yeah, I mean, the problem is that losing will stings, 
right? It's like if I you if I used Cameron Davis last week, that wouldn't have stung. But I think losing will stings. Yeah, getting zero from Zalatoris is is tough. Um, yeah. So for the audio listeners, the gap is so I'm at 1.8 million. Andy's at 213 thousand. So one one point six is the gap there for those who are just listening to the audio, which is like a win and another top ten, right? But a or win. I mean, or like a or like a runner up at any of these like 13 elevated events. Yeah, are the runner-ups getting a million bucks now? Oh my god, they're gonna elevated? get the the yeah. runner. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be outrageous. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So again, like I'm still, I'm still in it. We're not. We're not in panic mode yet. All right. So for this week, uh, very likely the most popular plays: Mav McNeely, Jordan Spieth. I mm-hmm. probably prefer to hang to Spieth. Uh, hang on to Spieth until until later. Um, uh-huh. I think some reasonable options for me versus you, but also maybe in some larger ones, I think reasonable options would be Seamus power, Tom Hoagie, like how, mm-hmm. how, what type of, what type of, um, what's caliber of golfer are you willing to burn here? I'm willing to go up to 50 to one, right? Like you can play Dietrich here. Um, you could play Keith Mitchell if you want. I mean, I, um, I don't hate speed this week. Uh, as a one and done option, I, I've actually, I think he'll be definitely on one of my one and done, uh, my choice in one of the leagues. Um, but, you know, I just like, again, this is what are we dealing with? $8 million purse rec? I think it's nine, but yeah. So the first is 1.6. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's kind of been, right? So I think that you can still kind of deploy a similar strategy. Look, if you've been using the strategy of I'm going to pick guys below 50 to one that generally aren't carrying a lot of ownership. Like you're going to, you're going to continue to do well, right? Like all these guys, even like Hideki was a good one and done play last week. Sungjae was a good one and done play last week. So you can probably just pick, you know, one of the guys in the 30 to one range that isn't maybe as popular. I am. So for our purposes, I think it's probably a coin flip for me between Hoagie and Sheamus. I'll just take Tom Hoagie. I'm not going to use him anywhere Mm -hmm. else. I don't think much has changed. I think that he can absolutely pop and finish inside the top five, if not win this golf tournament. Uh, So I will roll with Hoagie versus you in a larger one. Yeah, I think I was lucky enough. I think I'm in six one and done. I had Max Homan every single one last week. And Did you I, really? So are you one of those guys where you just go all in? No, no. That th- Honestly, no. But that is uh, last week. I was just kind of looking at my position. I actually thought he was going to be a lot less owned than he ended up being. I think he ended up at like 14% or something like that. I thought he was going to be yeah. like seven or eight. So I was, I just was like, you know what? I think this is really good. Uh there's a lot of season left. I don't usually put the same guy in. I did, and he snapped off a win. So that's that was like about as good as it could ever get for me. I don't. Usually that's do incredible because that. I usually don't play that way. I think I'm in four or five, and I don't generally have the ball. Like I, I kind of like to hedge, right? I, I usually pick like guys that just miss my outright card, or 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 I'm not going to play in DraftKings and. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing was I wanted to use Sung Jay and I wanted to use Hideki and I'd already used them in like two of them. So it, I oh, was really? like, all right, well, like I, I'll just roll with, I'll just roll with Homa here. Yeah. Well, it. it was a good, it was a good pick. My friend, congrats to you, sir. You, so your official pick is Hoagie this week. That is correct. All right. I'm going to play Spieth. 
I just yeah. think that I'm cool with not using him at the majors. And listen, Valero, Byron Nelson, Heritage, Pebble, you know, like this is in that range. This is one of those courses, if not his best, right? Yeah. Colonial. So um, I think he is pretty good for a high, you know, this is the type of event that he seemingly would finish top 25 at even when he was going through like major slumps. So I feel For pretty sure. good about the floor. And if he could get me like a T six this week and like Hoagie comes in 50th, like just get, get some momentum, get some, get some momentum going in the right direction. I, I will probably play speed in one of these one and dones or two of them or yeah. something like that. But I do kind of like, uh, it's so interesting because you just rattled off all, like there's so many good spots for, right. And, so and a lot of them have elevate. I kind of like the idea of getting, getting through the masters and then using speed because yeah. 20% are going to use him here. Like 15% are going to use him at the master. Like basically he's going to be ha half the people are going to have already used him by the time we get to may that I'm going to have my pick of, whatever elevated event I want to run him out at to, to do that. No, that's a good point. So let uh, me ask you this then, would you feel you would feel more comfortable burning Hovland or Fitzpatrick this week than Spieth? Would I feel more comfortable burning Hovland? Or, no, no, I would, burn, I, if, right. if, if those are my three options, I would use Spieth. I was going to say too, because I think if I think about that question for myself, I think I would want to use Spieth here. Yeah. Um, over those sure. other two guys. Right. If that's my I only think. option, then I would use Spieth here. And you're yeah, right. It's I, like, it's like mega, mega course history, mega, like, it doesn't matter really what the form is. He's going to be vibing with Jake Owen. They're going to be using the creativity. They're going to be just like, he's going to be engaged for six and a half hours for four days. Yeah. I guess the only concern is, everybody is going to be using him or do you think that more people go in like the map mcneely Seamus power direction um if i pull the office football pool site-wide numbers mcneely's 22 percent. jordan spieth is 20 now mm. power is 12 fitzpatrick 10 that's the top mm. four but i don't know man i mean um well i guess i guess it depends on what league you're in but like homo was supposed to be a lot lower than he was last week i mean it's obviously very possible that these are off by seven to eight percent in any direction sure i guess it just depends all right well let's do it jordy let's let's get back on the right track and uh hopefully get some positive momentum in my direction jordan speed for andy tom hoagie for myself uh and we'll see if andy can close the gap a little bit okay That'll do it. Uh, Andy's got his articles up on rickrungood.com with more coming this week. Great course previews and rankings and ownership and just final thoughts, everything that you need to attack this week from all angles. And you can follow him on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Good luck.